Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There should be a law that every podcast has to start this oh, song. I'm going to be honest. I thought that you were going to play the song for three minutes and we couldn't talk. And I was like, I guess I'm just going to be fucking. No, you could talk if you want. Do I mean, we don't play the whole song. Oh, okay. <laughs> that would be that'd be a great just test for the guests just to see. We just get started with a little fun. Yeah, I like it. And only the podcast listeners get this. YouTube doesn't. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Oh, because you get uh, you get fine. demonetized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they don't find you. They just take it down. Right, right, right. Eventually, yeah. I'm pretty sure they're, we'll get fine. They're good at it. I remember I put an episode up with like 10 seconds of the song. Dude. They're like, we got it. Nope. Dude. Facebook will mute that part. Yeah. Which is crazy. We do. Uh, I'll tell you in a second. Okay. Everyone's like, shut the fuck up. Let me hear the song. You guys are ruining Journey for me right now. Nice shoes, bro. Oh, dude, thanks. I, I, I mean, I had an audition. Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Who cares? Welcome to the Homeschool Podcast, everybody. I'm Augustino Zoida. I'm the host of the Homeschool Podcast, and I'm here with my guest, Daniel Weingarten. Hey. And uh, my co-host, Kevin Lyons, is not with us today. Because he's doing something. I don't. To be honest with you, I have no idea why the fuck he couldn't. He couldn't come today. <laughs> he was real secretive about it. I don't know. He might have been getting his dick wet. Who the fuck knows? I think he just found out I'm the guest. He's like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> he didn't even ask who the guest was. I was like, oh, bro, really? can you podcast Wednesday? And he was like, No. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, how come? He's just like, I got something to do. <laughs> like, he got a date. Uh, maybe. I, I. I think so. I think it's. Possible. He just doesn't want to tell you about it until it's all done. I think it's very possible. Yeah. And you know what? He edits these, so he's gonna hear this. I know. <laughs> Hey, man, I hope it went really well for you, whatever it is. I hope it's not something sad now. Oh, I know, right? Because if it is, then I hope... He's, like, editing and crying at the same time. (laughs) It's a little tear. (laughs) Um... What was I what was I going to tell you that I was going to tell you when the music stopped? Uh, you were going to tell me about I don't know, man. These chairs are really comfortable. I'm okay, feel, I'm feeling normally podcast like setups are feel like where do I put my body? Do I cross my leg? This feels like I could actually just hang out. Good, good, I'm glad. Yeah, it's a nice little lounge area. Yeah. Sometimes my dad comes over here and he just like because he, he's a cigar guy and he uses it as like a little say, smoking yeah, lounge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, you're, I remember the first time I met your dad. I was like, this is like a dude. Yeah. He's like a biker-looking dude, dude, dude. He, uh, you think he looks like a biker? It's just I, the mustache. It's the mustache. It's the mustache. But he's also like a portly man. Yeah. <laughs> he's like yeah. a portly... Yeah, just yeah. fucking choking back those cigars, bro. He's, he's oh, like, really? Dude, one day him and Steve Simone both came over here. Steve Simone's like kind of a cigar guy, too, now. Oh, is he? <laughs> I remember he used to dip. Yeah. Back at the haha. He yeah. He like, always talk about like how he's trying to quit dipping. I still remind him about that, and he'll go like, oh, it's so disgusting. I can't believe <laughs> I did that. It's so disgusting. I love Cesar Moe. He's, the, he's best. the best, dude. I think I was going to tell you something about like, oh, yeah, YouTube. So we, 
uh, we do an episode on here once a month, a segment uh-huh. called Laughter Piece Theater, okay? And it's where um, we'll play some stand-up tracks that are favorites of ours, and then, like, but we don't play, like, the, we'll, like a short clip, and then we'll talk about it. Like, we'll say, like, why do we like it, or, or what I think about the writing style, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's actually really, really fun. It's really yeah, cool. Yeah, sounds cool. And um, so, now that I'm starting to put these, like, on on Instagram IGTV, like I'll take a clip of my favorite part of the episode and throw it on IGTV. Um, I did one with me analyzing a Louis C.K. bit, and like the first few seconds, you actually hear the bit. It's a like a five minute story, but I edited it down to like like five seconds of uh-huh. Louis C.K. So you can still hear what it's about, and then hear me talk about it. Right. And they took it down off IGTV in seconds, bro. Oh wow. They're like, they're like you don't own this fucking content. Dude, the copyright stuff is real. Mm-hmm. Like if you think you're gonna get away with anything these days. Because now there's like AI, and the AI you know what's is fucked up and everything, man. The the track that I was playing like was from a YouTube video I found, and Louis C.K. don't own that either. You know what I mean? Like I feel like there some was dude threw that up. I, yeah, I feel like they if you put it up like six years ago or seven years <laughs> it's ago, it's just yours now. It's just it's not yours, <laughs> but they were like, all right, we're just gonna start focusing on the stuff that's getting posted now. So crazy, maybe man. I don't know. What do, yeah. what what the fuck do the I fuck know? Do we know dude. What do we know? None of it makes sense. Um, all right, you guys, we're going to get into this episode, but first, this episode is brought to you by Masterclass. Masterclass, listen, you guys, it's fucking awesome, okay? You can take a class for just about anything in the comfort of your own home and on your own budget and on your own schedule, okay? That's the best thing about it is because you want to take a class in something to brush up on your craft or just you've always maybe thought about acting or comedy and you're like, I should take a class, but you just don't have time. It's hard when you get a full-time job. Maybe you got kids and like, you know, who's got time? to take a class let alone go out there and get on stage or whatever it is that you're into and that's why i love Masterclass because you set your own schedule every week you know like from this time to this time i'm going to sit down and watch the sessions and uh, i love it for that and i love that you can take a class on just about anything and they keep adding new topics and classes on there all the time i just got a notification today that they're adding um uh, you know, a, a new filmmaking, like how to do filmmaking mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Martin Scorsese has a few classes on there. Um, uh, Steve Martin has the as the comedy class. There, there's a bunch. Um, they look good. Whenever yeah. I see an ad, I'm like, that seems legit. I've, I've done a few. Uh, comedy one, uh, acting, uh-huh. and um, <laughs> Usher. Usher. Oh, as in the musician. No, not in he a... teaches a performing arts class. It has nothing to do with music. Right, but when you said Usher, I thought it was a master class on how to be like a professional Usher. Oh. Like at a movie theater? <laughs> yeah, like a church Usher. Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this, this is how, how to... you pass the collection plate. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, but it's just, um, I, I just thought that would be a good class to take for as a performing artist, just mm-hmm. to pick up some. Listen, like some stuff you're going to take from it, some stuff you may already know, some of it's really basic, so then there's like advanced class. Like, for example, like Gordon Ramsay even has a cooking class, and then he has like a part two and a part three, like more advanced and stuff. And, um, listen, Listen, normally it's $90 per class. Like, you know, hey, I want to take the comedy one. That's 90 bucks, And I also want to take the acting one. That's another 90 bucks. But right now, you can click the link in the description and sign up for the entire year, and you'll have full access to the website. So it's 180 for full access to the entire website for a year. So if you're going to take two classes anyway, it's a no-brainer to pay the 180 and you, you can take all of them, mix it up, do acting. There's a writing class. There's even screenplay writing, comedy. Uh, music, it's all on there. This, there's like how to be a better poker player. I mean, it's fucking insane. It's, yeah, and they keep adding and they more. They pay out checks to these people. Oh yeah, because they have to. Yeah. Dude. How else are you getting all these people to give up? 
however much time. I'm waiting for the how to be a podcaster. What's that going to be? That would be great. Like, first of all, you got to get Rogan to do it. Yeah. Like, with their budget and, like, the level of people that they get, you got to go for, like, Rogan. Well, yeah. But think about how much money they would have to pay him to do it. Yeah. Because the dude makes all of the money yeah so it's like he he, he he's not gonna do anything unless i he think really he's wants probably to. the one that made podcasting the biggest yeah least, i'm not like yeah. super well educated on podcast history because mm-hmm. i feel like po- i feel like podcasts go further back than most people realize right they've been around for a lot they've longer, been around for yeah. a, lo- a lot longer and they were pop like they were people were listening to them for right. a lot longer than people realize now it's much more mainstream but but there's guys that are like uh the the guys that put it on the map, I'd say, are like um, Adam Carolla, right. yeah, yeah, and then like Marin, fucking, you know, is another one. But I mm-hmm. think Rogan is probably like for 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 master classes level of guys. They, I mean, dude, they have Ron Howard teaching a fucking class. Like I they know. go after the the top guys. They got Hans Zimmer doing the composer mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, dude. Isn't Daniel Negreanu the poker player? I don't know who it is. Yeah, but I think it's Negreanu. so much on there. There's a couple different yeah. ones to be honest with you. But anyway, it's good. If you guys haven't yet, you've been putting it off. Don't wait any longer. Also. You know, if you got a roommate or a friend or something that wants to, you know, study a different topic, you got. I would just go have these on them and share the password. You know, for the whole year access. Also, <laughs> are you allowed to say that? <laughs> yeah. Why the your fuck sponsored not? Post? Yeah. Fuck, <laughs> well, why the fuck not, dude? Um, I, I mean, be smart with it. You know what I mean? And uh, and I just I just lost my train of thought of what else I was gonna fucking say about it. But uh, oh, also, I think it would be be a great holiday gift. The holidays are around the corner. It's like, dude, I got you a whole year access to masterclass because I know you're into the performing arts and. You know, you wanna... a, it is a good gift. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, so check that out. Also, don't forget to go to homeschoolpod.com for your one-stop shop. Everything homeschooled podcast, including T-shirts, um, tour dates, and um, you can even like uh, contact us. Those emails go right to me. Hit contact, fill out a little message, and I do answer them. So uh, I appreciate you guys reaching out. And that's pretty much it, you guys. What do you say we fucking get this episode started? Let's do it. Like I said, Kevin Lyons ain't here, but he's here in spirit and because and, he's editing this shit later. And um, my guest is Daniel Weingarten. I'm Augustino Zoida. This is Homeschooled Podcast. Please take your seats. School is now in session. Homeschooled Podcast. Homeschooled. The Homeschooled Podcast. Why? Because he was homeschooled. I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, okay. I don't want to do that at all. Oops, I always hit it twice on accident. Right, that was great. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thanks. I, I had been, like, somebody write this, the music. The music, you got, you got, you it's got all Joey custom, in there. Bro. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> at, at the end, it's so fucking stupid. It's just like when we were recording the like sound bites for it, like Kevin was trying to get me to say something. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I don't want to say that. And then we like laughed about it, and he ended up putting that in. It works perfectly, which is fine. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Oh, dude, thanks. Um, thanks for having me. It's always great to see you. I don't get to see you that often. I know. I think what happened was we saw each other too much for like four for like years, a really long time. for a really long time, <laughs> and then it was like, all right, we're gonna even it out yeah. on the back end. Yeah. That was. That's what I'm doing with like pizza. I mentioned <laughs> <laughs> like I, I did like way too much pizza in the front end of my life. Right, right. right. So now you're just making up for. It. So you now were, it's like none. I mean, yeah. Back then, you were you were a big, big boy. You were a big boy. Yeah, dude. I met you nine years ago. Has it been nine it's years? Because I was eighteen. Yeah, twenty seven. So it's been nine years. It was like summer, right? It was around like summertime. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you just, were away at school. I was at school, and then I came back after my freshman year. Did you go to college in Atlanta? Yeah. 
That's right. So you were in college in Atlanta, so it must have been summer because that was the only time that you were home. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, I want to start doing comedy, so I went to the haha, started doing open mics, and that's where I met you. Yeah, so you don't know a little secret is that like you would come back every summer because yeah. you live here, yeah, yeah, but you went to school away. And a little secret is that when you finally graduated, it hit me one day. I never told you this before. It hit me one day when like, oh, he's not gonna go away anymore, and I got a little happy. To oh. be honest with you. I remember going like, oh, that's pretty fucking awesome. Like, like I got I got a little annoyed with you leaving all the time. Probably well, because you worked a lot for me. For free. <laughs> yeah. And I was like the only other comic that you could trust to like do the things that you also had to do. Yeah. Like work the door. There's some people, you know, they always say you got to be a good delegator, yeah, which yeah. I do try to work on that. I'm so bad. I'm, I've, I, I've gotten yeah. better. I've worked on it. But there's but. some things you can't delegate to people uh-huh. because you're like, you're, it's going to, it's going to take longer for me to make sure you do it right than me just doing it yeah so um, well, you have the experience and then some things are yeah. just like skill yeah like some people just get shit like well, i could always give you stuff and you i would know like okay he gets it you know what i mean right right right, right. yeah that was the best dude i just remember <laughs> after dude I, I would get there too mm-hmm. and then that's what that was right around when i was like stop like because i was always like a good kid and then i started doing comedy and i was like comedians smoke cigarettes and there's a yeah. smoke shop next door oh yeah right and then i would always get like five newport loose like single like just like in the, they would sell them oh loose, that's right they would like sell the single ones yeah, yeah. and then <laughs> i would just like drink diet coke and smoke menthols and do open mics yeah and then work the door that was every day for like summers yeah for, dude. like three years i remember that and here's how much of a fat ass i was that smoke shop right next door was like just as unhealthy for me but i would just go get snacks <laughs> <laughs> how about the clothing candy. store remember my pink pants uh vaguely you remember i like i i think i like i ripped my pants or something yes and then i was like i need to get a pair of pants and then there was there's like a like a vintage clothing store two doors down right and i thought there were these like salmon colored pants yeah that i was like these are cool yeah and then i put them on and they were skinny salmon pants and you guys ripped me to shreds yeah i remember that ripped me to shreds you know what's funny is like right now that those pants are totally in style they were in style then not <laughs> for you guys they were but also not me wearing them i didn't have yeah. the like it's all about who's wearing the clothing yeah because like i had a, I have a I w- right now i would wear pants like that i have a hat that i got and i don't think it like looks great on me but i've just decided it looks good on me okay and i'm just like and i feel like it looks good on me because okay. i just decided I th- a lot of it was that we would just make fun of you because you got to make fun of the the, the youngest the younger guy yeah. you know what i mean like you when it, it, comedy works like that, like it doesn't matter, like if if like a fifty year old decides I want to start stand up, you know, and he comes over doing open mics, and we're all like, that where we are now, we get to call him the kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's yeah, how stand up yeah, yeah. comedy works. You're the rookie, so like we're gonna make fun of you. We're gonna put you through the ringer. There's no I also, regard. For I never age. had brothers growing up or friends, so um, <laughs> <laughs> I never had brothers. No, either. but I never had brothers growing up, so. You guys were like my older brothers yeah. that like picked on me. That was the first time I like, but like picked on with love because <laughs> yeah. I got bullied. You like look but, forward to getting picked on. Well, I think there was a part of me that enjoyed, like every time Jack would punch me in the arm, I'd be like, ah, oh, that bruise is staying there. Yeah. That bruise is a reminder of like love, you know? <laughs> yeah. That hurts so good. It hurts so good. <laughs> so I became a masochist. Yeah. You uh, know, it's funny that that vintage clothing store is there still, oh, is it still? but no. It was, remember the guy bought it and he used to have those old uh, sewing machines in the window? Like those antique vaguely, old sewing machines? Vaguely. So he didn't only have clothes, he had like everything vintage. Mm-hmm. And he, he was an older guy and he operated like online. He would sell shit online and then he would still have his store. 
Uh, I even one of my buddies from Boston, not Rico, but another guy who would come visit me, and he went in there one day and found this like fucking Italian like brown leather jacket that was so pimp. Uh-huh. And he got it for like fifty bucks. It was worth like three hundred. Uh, that, but that guy sold it, and now it's a full blown like vintage store, clothing only. It's called the. Uh, there's a few of them. It's called like Iguana, something like that. Oh, um, ba, 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 ba. something I, Iguana. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, they're, yeah, they're they're there, but it's like they've they've remodeled they've it. it. Yeah. yeah. Every time I drive by there and I see the old haha, I get I get a little sad. Yeah, it's just it's just because it's just boarded up. It's just boarded up. And now it's wood. been enough time where it's like, is anything ever gonna be there? Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's I, a little weird because like North Hollywood's continued to come up. Yeah, and there's continued to be like new dude. They're building apartments, every everything. Day so it's and... weird that that piece of property, maybe whoever owns, it, is just trying to get too much money for it. I don't know. Well, you know, I get my haircut still from the guy next door. That guy's oh, okay. do, been doing my hair for like ten years. I've gotten a haircut that before. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, I still I always talk to him. I'm like, what's going on next door, bro? And he goes like, so here's the rumor, is that he bought the place in hopes of like remodeling it and opening a restaurant there. And uh, what ended up happening was is that there were so many, like, code violations of, like, you're, if you're going to do it, you're going to have to take out all the plumbing. Like, you're going to – yeah, it apparently is, like, a huge job where it's probably out of his budget to fucking do anything with it. So How it's you, just sitting there. didn't check it before he bought it? I don't think so, dude. <sighs> that sucks. I think they – I don't know. I'm, I don't getting, know the I'm getting anxiety. Right? Just thinking about that. But right you know now. who's happy? Fucking Jack Sr. Oh, buddy. <laughs> He took the Blue Lagoon, whatever that place used to be called. The Blue Moon. The Blue Moon. Yeah. The Blue Moon. Remember when he when we went to court and we yes. we, we had to do like statements. Were you there too? I was there. Yeah. Did yeah. you do a statement? I did do a statement. Yeah, I don't Jack, think I said Jack anything. Jack 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 uh, barked. Jack was wrangling a bringer show yeah. to City Hall. Yes. <laughs> to perform. Dude, Sean Kerrigan was there. Yeah. Fraser Smith showed yeah, everyone. up. Everyone. But like, here's the thing. Of course, we're gonna go because. No one else would give it. No yeah. one. No one else was as. Look, has Terry made me cry? Yes. When I was. <laughs> yes. Yes. She made me cry before, but she knows that. But like. Jack Senior's made me cry before too. Jack Senior made me the. I. He I, never I, lets it go either. He's no. Remember he's, the time that you cried? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the crying. But like, it's always. I I always say like I know no matter what at the end of the day like all of it was like love and belief in like when they when they when there were comics that they loved and believed in they loved and believed in them yeah you know and like you can you can pick apart be like oh well you Uh know terry made me cry that one time probably deserved whatever she's also kind of how they raise their kids too right but it's like like their kids would get upset sometimes but it's just like hey we're all fucking going through it but it's tough love yeah you know what i mean so it's like at the end of the day i'm so when when it came to like that city hall thing it's like the people that showed up there it's because we were grateful for what that club gave us yeah and for what they gave us Dude, I haven't thought about that in a long time. That we had to go down to the courthouse. They fought for that place, man. And we had to like yeah. all like protest to let them move the haha at the new location. Yeah, I also remember Jack like remodeling that place. Yeah, and like he, how much passion he put into that because mm-hmm. that place was not that nice. Dude, it was shitty. It was a shithole, and like he did a really good job at. Renovating I remember we it, were we were like ripping it. it apart and stuff in the beginning, and we would just find needles, like heroin needles and shit, because that used to be a nightclub. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, well, that got cut. That got shut down because of uh, a bunch of violations. Well, dude, they were under investigation so many times, and cops went out there so many times that that eventually just got shut down. Yeah. Dude, so many illegal drugs and and shit. Happened. They did. It was an after hours club. They like illegally closed their doors, lock them at two a.m., but keep business going inside oh. and just do all cash. 
and then they would not allow you to leave. I've been to places like that. Yeah, Those dude. are creepy. I've been there for it. Before oh, you've been it to was that the one? haha, yeah. No no after hours is ever good. Mm-hmm. I've never I've never left a club and they're like, yo, we're going to this after hours thing. And then I go and I'm happy that I went. Never not one time. Mm-hmm. Even when I never. Yeah. Never. What it's always the worst people are there. <laughs> the worst the worst people in Hollywood every nightmare story happens at those after hours. Yeah. I've been there with Rico before during, I've been there on like two or three different occasions for, uh-huh. during after hours. And, and I've been there before where it was like a grip of Armenian dudes that were ready to beat the fuck out of Rico. Cause they were convinced he was an undercover cop and they were ready to murder him and not let him leave there. In all fairness, Rico does look like an undercover <laughs> cop. <laughs> he because looks, he parties like he's, he's got, fucking... he's got like Serpico vibes, you know, <laughs> Serpico, he was an undercover cop, right? Is that reference, yeah, is, that Serpico, reference yeah. is accurate? Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> dude, you ever I make a movie, do you ever make movie references but then you second guess it it's like when you use yeah. a word and you're like i don't know the word sounds like it's i'm using it correctly but i don't think the definition <laughs> makes sense but you yeah. just keep going and you just that's what that was bro like fucking bruschemi and like dude what are you talking about <laughs> buddy i was uh i was i was a lackadaisical uh as i was running through the streets i don't know, I don't know. um bad riff what was i just gonna tell you Fuck, I don't. My memory's been like bad the last two days. I was doing good for a while because I stopped smoking weed. Have you Have you not been sleeping? Um, I've been I've been tired because I've been working and like I did go to bed at like two a.m. last night. I woke up at eight. I have this thing now where I like, especially like if I'm having a conversation while I'm driving, I'll be talking and then it'll just go. Yeah, I yeah. just maybe because I'm focused on the road or like where I'm going. So I've been then, doing a lot better because I, I stopped smoking weed and, and, and all of a sudden it was just, it was fucking with my writing, it was fucking with my like memory on stage. Oh, you were smoking like during the day and all that stuff. I, I would I was never a smoker. No. And when I started a podcast, I became a smoker because everybody brings over weed and then the guests yeah. like to have weed, so I would always have weed. That for the sounds guests. like my nightmare to be. I my nightmare is any video where anybody goes on joey's podcast and fucking gets wrecked and i go that looks like my nightmare <laughs> yeah luckily just to i've be never in been that, that far but i just stopped because like i would be on stage and like literally blank on the joke yeah that's not good oh here's what i was going to tell you is that um i currently have a joke right now that's fucking great dude uh-huh. it's fucking great it and it's a great joke that leads into a great story and the story is something that happened to me at the blue moon which I just realized that's where I was because I've been doing the story for a couple of weeks now on stage, uh-huh. and it just hit me right now. Oh shit, that's where I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. was that nightclub, which is now the Haha, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself like, Oh, uh, that's funny. The next time I perform at the Haha, I'm gonna do it, and I just realized like, am I gonna tell him it was here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because a part of the story is me telling him it's about like this girl that I met there. You know, mm-hmm. this is like in between wives, <laughs> in between. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That that little that little, that little gap where yeah, I didn't have a wife, um, <laughs> and I met a girl there at the after hours club, and so it's about that. And is and a part of the story is li- literally telling them about you know when we had the little booth in the back where you can close the curtain. Mm-hmm. So the so at the new haha, those are still there. Those arches in the back of the room, the yeah. VIP couches uh-huh. up there, those were curtains. And that was like you—you you can so buy like that those. higher level. So like, if this is the stage, yeah, this higher level right here was like the VIP. Well, you know where the comics hang out right now at the haha. Oh, you're in saying the back, the back of, this of the showroom. Room. Oh yes, okay. So you I thought the, you meant to like to the side. Like if this no, is the stage, you know and the this arch, is the right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, right, the, the, the like orange in the, couches, in the corner, yeah, right by the entry. That to w- the, yeah. those were all the whole wall was 
that's why there's mirrors there. Right now when you're on stage at the HaHa, you can look straight ahead and see yourself. Yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. mirror in the back uh-huh. of the room. Those are mirrors originally from the nightclub because that was a fucking VIP booth and chicks would fucking rub up on you in there. In there. Uh-huh. And that one right now where the comics all sit is the fucking VIP booth that I was in. Is that the same? Uh, did, they, or did they reupholster those couches? Or is there still chlamydia from 07? <laughs> when we first moved in there, when the haha moved in there, it was the original couches. But now he's got like all new ones back there. Okay. Yeah. They look pretty new. Yeah. <laughs> you get up on stage much lately? Like, do you go to the haha a lot? Like, where are you going? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll get up at the haha. I get up at the improv probably the most. I get yeah, up there. Yeah. And then, um, honestly, man, I, I got back into mics again. Yeah. Because I realized that like the first four years, I pretty much just did mics mm-hmm. and then there was like a point maybe it was when i started opening for jeff yeah where i stopped doing mics you know yeah because i was like well i'm doing shows so i don't need to i almost like and it wasn't even like i'm too good to do a mic or i'm better than a mic i just was like well now that i'm getting booked on shows i don't need mics and now that i've been now that i've been headlining for a couple of years the first year i was like using all this material i built up mm-hmm. over whatever six years right um and then i did all these cities and now i'm like oh i'm going back to these cities and i can't do the same hour yeah and i gotta rebuild the act but i'm not gonna rebuild the act doing spots right because i'm not gonna be able to just like work through i'm not at that level so i started going back and doing open mics and like i'll i'll just go hard like yeah. i had I, I i had like a three-day run a couple weeks ago where i did like 14 mics mm-hmm and I'm like, I schedule them out. Now, fourth wall has like a daytime mic. I know. Right? Which yeah. is really good. So I'll go, I'll, so what I'll do when I'm like really going hard and I'm like, I need to crank out some time. I'll do a two o'clock and a three o'clock. Then I'll take a break. I'll look at what I did, rewrite. And then I'll do a, uh, a, f- a five and a six in North Hollywood. Yeah. And then go back or six and a seven and then go back to the Hollywood one and do like an eight and a nine. Wow. So I can knock out like six mics in a day. That's the cool half, thing about which is those. like half an yeah. hour, and like mm-hmm. if you're doing, if you're like, okay, today I'm just gonna work on these on this five. Yeah, that five can go a long way if you really put in the. You work. can li- literally work the five minutes. You work the five minutes yeah. six times. You and can then do it six different ways. Six different ways, and then you have like a gap in there where you with different like, audiences. That's and also you you I go what I don't do is I try not to stay in one room for too long. Yeah, so I'll do like two in Hollywood, then I'll go to North Hollywood and do two there, and then go back and do the two there. Right. And then it feels like it feels fresher. I've um, never been opposed to open mics. I've never th- thought like, well, I shouldn't be doing them anymore. You know what I mean? I was like, just lazy. I think. I think I just got lazy. And then, and I got. I think I got complacent with the act that I had, or with the material that I had. Yeah. And then it was like, well, this material gives me enough of a cushion where I can work new stuff. But when you're pretty much what I pretty much did, I don't know like seven or eight months ago, I said, any joke I haven't written in the last three months, mm-hmm. I'm not doing. You're just going to dump got it? A, I just dumped it. Are you going to record it before you dump it? Yes, it's there. Mm. I'm just not going to. Because, like, for example, I'm going to D.C. tomorrow. So I'm doing the D.C. improv. I was there a year ago. I don't feel – I have, like, this anxiety that, like, the same people are going to show up. Uh-huh. And some of the same people are going to show up. I'm sure there will be new people, too, who have never heard my act. But to me, I'm like those people that showed up again. I don't want to give them of the course. same the same act, and yeah, I'm not I hate gonna that. I'm not gonna build a new. A year later, they're gonna be a little disappointed. They're gonna be a little disappointed. I think there's like a there's the the reality is I think if you're doing let's say you're doing fifty, if you have like thirty five new and fifteen from the year before, I think it's okay. They're probably know? fine. Yeah, they're probably because 
here's an interesting thing after a show and it depends obviously but like if you most people when they finish a comedy show how many jokes can they actually remember after just like first listen mm-hmm. you know if you go in back and you're like all right he just did an hour name five jokes and yeah, what they five were about would be, be tough be tough yeah like people just don't have that and i think we forget that but i still think as comics you have to maintain mm-hmm. that respect to the people that are spending money to come to your show well, i always try to write for being remembered so i think i would have a really hard time with that because i i always try to go for my jokes or like i want you to remember this like i want you to like the next time you experience it in life yeah. to think about me mm-hmm. like for the rest of your life you and your wife are gonna look at each other and go like remember that comic that's what i want that's good philosophy you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. like so i i'm trying to do like more and more stories and like really unique stories, but where everyone's kind of experienced it, but it's my unique spin on it. Right. And, and um, I've always kind of gotten that. And uh, I learned that from a few comics that told me like, just fucking be remembered. That's the biggest thing because yeah, be funny, but like there's so many funny guys. There's so many funny. Well, you have to have a point of view and a, and, and ultimately you're just telling the story of yourself and the way that you see the world. Mm-hmm. So it's like what I had a show in San Diego I don't know how many months, like five months ago. And you ever like have a show and you're just like, I don't, I don't want to do any of my jokes. Yeah. I just like, I don't like my jokes. Absolutely. I don't like any of these. And I have this thing. I feel like I look at my, like the different, the comic I was when I started, then the comic I was four years in and then like seven, six years in, seven years in, eight years in, whatever. And it's all been diff. I don't know if any of them have been me. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, like they've all, I think I've gotten closer over time, but they've all been some, it's been a, a version of me or a version of the comic I think I should be. In the beginning, it was like, I need to talk about fucking, I fuck chicks, you know? Yeah. And it's like, no, you don't, buddy. Right. No, you don't. And then everyone's, and people <clears throat> well, in the can beginning, sense that. You're also finding who you are on stage. I'm like, also, and I was also 18. You were 18 years old. So like, old. I had no yeah. idea who I was. Yeah. Um, but then I think I became – then there was, like, a period where I was, like, I'm going to be a very clean comic, and I'm going to be a very, like, positive comic. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is – so then I started writing to that. Mm-hmm. And then what I started finding was I, st- I started having trouble writing to that, and I think it was because it was almost as if I was writing for another comic. Yeah. I wasn't writing for me. I was writing for this persona, mm-hmm. right? You're also super heavily influenced by like your surroundings, especially when you're young, like in your yeah. young comic and you look up to all these guys and you see them crushing and you try to be like them. But yeah. It's like, you can crush like them, but do it like you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but you learn that later. But I, the moments that I love the most on stage and then I'm like, I, that show in San Diego, the point being, I think if you, if you were just watching that show, you'd probably be like, oh, that wasn't a very good set. Hmm. It was the best set that I've had in the last that I can remember. I know what you mean. Because I started going off because I was like, I don't want to do my set. So then I just started riffing about shit. And because I was riffing, I wasn't in this comedy box that I put myself in with my jokes. And I had no choice but to just be myself. Yeah. And this, my like, I know it sounds cheesy or whatever, but my like true essence came out in that Mm -hmm. moment. And what I realized was there's so many things that I'm scared to talk about. That I've I've avoided talking about from a place of fear, dude. Me too, man. You know, yeah. And in the last, or and like fear about what that means about myself. I think also I I'm an inherently sensitive person, so I think I'm like a. I think there was like there was a small period there where I was like afraid of writing things that would 
super offend people, yeah. you know? And that's not a way to fucking write comedy and to mm-hmm. write good comedy. Because here's my thing. Ultimately, it's like, write what you want to write about. Yeah. You know, and like you, 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 the only person that can, here's the thing. I have, I have things that I won't write jokes about and ways that I won't write jokes because I just don't find them funny and I don't see the point. And even if people do laugh at them, is that where I want people to laugh from or whatever? You know what I mean? That's just, you gotta do you. You gotta do you. All you, all that, all that matters is can you, can you stand by your joke and can you say, Look, I'm if if you were offended cuz everyone's going to you're not Look, some jokes are going to get way more people offended than mm-hmm. others, but you're always going to find someone that's going to find something somewhere. Yeah, so it's, I don't even it's, it's it's inevitable, right? Yeah. So all you can really do is set up your moral compass and be like, "All right, this is what I I have these filters that like are just mm-hmm. for me that I can stand by. Then the rest is out of my control." Yeah. And once you do that, it's so freeing because you're no longer operating from a place of fear about people of how people are going to receive the joke. You're operating from a place of empowerment because you know that like I can live with, I, I can stand by this joke yeah. and I can defend this joke. It's funny that you mentioned that. Cause I, I recently was just thinking about it that, um, <clears throat> cause there, I'm doing jokes right now and I really like them. I really like the way that they're going and I'm doing them right now that I would have never done. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how many years ago and I, I would have never had the balls to talk about it. And, um, the other day I like stopped and went like, when did that change? Like, I didn't even realize when it changed. Like nothing went, you know what? Fuck it. Talk about it. Nothing like that happened. It was just all of a sudden I was just talking about something and I was completely comfortable with it. And then I just thought like, when did that happen? Right. You know? I mean, yeah. And it's, it's all. And look at Bill Maher, dude. Like that's the political comic, right? He does like a lot of po- yeah. political stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a big fan of his at all, but, um, yeah. You got to like kind of respect what he did with his career because there's not a huge audience for what he does. And I can imagine him like imagine like when no one knows who he was, like when he was an up and comer, like going, you know, following crushers and then going and then just talking about like politics and his views on like, you know, conservatives and you know what I mean? Like, whether he, first of all, people aren't going to agree with his views. Mm-hmm. And secondly, like, that's not a thing that people really want to hear about. Like they'll talk about the news and use big words that, politically people don't know what the fuck it means mm-hmm. but like he stuck to his guns and it must have been really hard probably a lot of clubs stopped booking him because like he didn't do well or i would imagine i'm just imagining i don't know for a fact yeah i would I have, have no idea i know i struggled you know we struggle with with uh certain topics or just or just being a rookie you struggle you struggle i mean it, it all comes <clears throat> back to what finding your voice right and that's what it is and finding your voice that's all it is and like i know but when you find your voice and you find what you want to do, it's sticking to your guns, and then and then it becomes a game of let me weed out who doesn't like me, because eventually everyone's going to start to realize they don't like you, and right. then you're realizing people that stayed well, is your audience. It's impossible to appeal to everyone and to be one thousand percent universal. Just find like your niche, who's, like, like who's, find your people. Like, dude, who's the most universal? Who like who's the most? Let's just say Kevin Hart, and there are people that don't like kevin hart's comedy yeah so even someone who's as universal as him there are plenty of people that don't like him right? yeah so i wouldn't use him, him as an example of being universal i would just use him as, as, as an example of being most well known like that's why everybody thinks they like him but his he, audience is i'm not <clears throat> saying his necessarily well I don't oh know. you mean like his audience range it's probably like little kids to older people yeah he, you're probably right yeah, yeah. i mean like mm-hmm. i'm saying he has numbers wise mm-hmm. his audience is enormous oh yeah you know what i mean he yeah. appeals to 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 many different groups yeah. right and there are comics that, that that do that 
And even yet, the, the point being, the operating from a place of I want everyone to like me and I yeah. want everyone to think I'm funny is only going to cripple you because it's impossible. Yeah. Now, no, yeah. that doesn't mean, and, and like I said, all I have control over is like the things that I say and the jokes that I make. And it's about like me being asking myself, like, why am I telling these jokes and what am I saying with these jokes Mm -hmm. and being able to honestly, I mean, to be totally honest, to be able to sleep at night with like the jokes that I tell for me, yeah, you know, and if I can, then I'll, then I'll do them because the, I ultimately, I think it was like, all right, I'm going to avoid the line, right? There's like that line. Uh You could ride the line and push the line, but if you're doing it from a place, for me at least, that feels like it's a, a place from empathy or a place that doesn't feel hateful or a place that, like, is, uh, that, like, that, that, that you actually understand what you're saying and that I can stand by, then great. You know what I mean? And I think ultimately then people can't deny the funny there. Yeah. They, they just can't. So, I don't know. It's also complicated, too, <clears> because it's like, I don't, I don't know. I'm at a place where I'm just, like, I have to just be me. And you're gonna like me or you not. I just have to be me, and and it's it's a long journey because it's a short journey to realize what people like, what the majority of people like, mm-hmm. and be that. It's a shorter journey, but I can't do that. I have to just do me, and it's a longer journey to for people to find you. Like people that are into you are gonna find you. You know, yeah. um, I don't think I'm because I'm not like. You can't put me in a category. Like you can't be like, well, he's a clean comic. You can't put me like, well, he's a dirty comic. Like you can't, because like I'm. But you're just a comic. I'm just a comic. Like you're why do comic. I have to put any label on me? Like I'm just, I'm gonna tell you this joke the best way I think it should be told. And if that comes out dirty, then like then it comes out I'm, dirty. I'm a people's comic. Like I'm a human being's comic. Like if we're all human beings, I'm gonna tell you something that you might have gone through, and it's and sometimes it might be sexual. Does that make me a dirty comic? I mean, you can call me that if you want, but I don't think so. Yeah. It's like, I, why put that label on me? But also, there are comics that are clean comics and yeah. comics that are bluer comics. Mm. And there are audi- there are people in both of their audiences that are that may not... Like, there's there are Jim Gaffigan fans that maybe don't like dirty comedy or dirty oh, comics, sure. right? But there are Jim Gaffigan fans that also, that also love blue comics, yeah. right? So there's that, like, concentric circle. The I'm point sure being is. is that, like, stop... It's about no. It's not about writing to what you think people will like, yeah, and how you what you think people will laugh at. It's about writing to what you think is funny, and writing to what is true to you, yeah. And then it just like it just it just it just happens. I think once you that's where that when you when you start stop giving a fuck on stage, you know how they always tell you that as soon as you stop giving a fuck, you actually yeah. get better. As soon as that happens, that's when that happens too. It's because you'll yeah. start to give them the real you because you don't give a shit. You don't right. think about like, oh, are they gonna like me? Are they, you know what I mean? Like, sure. Like sometimes, if you, if you're management and you ask me to clean it up or not do certain mm-hmm. things, I'll do that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, like, sure. you know, yeah, sure, man. This is your audience. Like, you hired me to do the job. Fine, but I mean, if you're not gonna give me restrictions, I'm gonna do whatever I feel is necessary. And I also think that, like, at the end of the day, is, is I mean. It becomes, it's all it comes down to for each comic. It's not about, it's about like, I don't know. All I can control is, 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 is what I do what as a comic. What you do, yeah. That's it. That's all I can do. And like, I can't control how people are going, how, the same way, sometimes I'll write something, I'll be like, this is fire. Yeah. And then people will be like, nah, it's not. Huh. And then I'll stumble on something, I'll be like, I think this is all right. 
and then, then it, it just, ends up it just like it goes yeah so it's it's you you have to almost you have to give up this this feeling of it's kind of going back to that feeling of control mm-hmm. right you have to you have to give up that feeling of needing of trying to figure out the equation every single time yeah because the second you think you you know and you get it you don't yeah it's like it's a constant exploration of yourself which i think is the coolest part of comedy because there's no there's i i find out i find out truths about myself on stage more than anywhere else Mm -hmm. because when you're on there in those moments where you just like either let's say you don't feel like telling those jokes or those jokes aren't working whatever you're still up there yeah. and you got to figure it out. <laughs> and it's like, all right, who am I? Am I the person that's going to work my way out of this? Am I the person that's just going to like feed into the death? Yeah. What is it? And what does that say about me? And then you reflect and it's like, it's constant, like do reflect, do reflect. And that's work. why open mics are great, dude. Yeah. Like going, like you it, said, how, going hard in open mics, bro. That just it, means like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to try this out. I don't care if it's not funny. I got to find out somehow. You know what I mean? And I'm going to feel it. You can mm-hmm. also feel when something I can feel when I'm doing something that is like like it it's supposed it like it's on paper funny. Yeah. And then that's like supposed to be funny and then something that just is funny. Yeah. There's you know and sometimes those cross over but like I don't I don't like like trying out new stuff in people that came out to see me and support me and fucking have have a great night and paid money mm-hmm. like i don't like trying to, don't get me wrong like if something hits my brain in the spirit of the moment right. i'll say it because it's probably gonna like the stuff that hits you in the moment will probably work and uh just fucking say it and and then there's other things that like you said like some things you can just tell it's just gonna be funny and mm-hmm. like it, it might be small i could squeeze it in you don't even hear that i added something new but working a new bit out it's like dude open mics um i haven't been to open mics in a long time i'm not opposed to it it's just that um I do a lot of little shitty bar shows and has like, like an same. open mic. He does like no mic. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I, I, I can just go work out. I those. also realized too, man, I'm a writer. Like I write my jokes mm-hmm. for so long. I fought against that because of the allure of like, I write on stage. Yeah. I don't. I'm just not what I'll do. I need to know where I start and where I end. Mm-hmm. And then I need to know where the funny, the, the funny bridges between those. Yeah. And then I can play from that. I mm-hmm. can write between all that. But if I don't have that beginning, middle and end, I'm all I'm gonna, about structure, dude. I'm going to fucking die on stage. I'm a, I'm a writer too, bro. I mean, I still write on stage, but I do it in, in like workout rooms. I still test the material and then, but when you say write on stage, yeah. right? What, does that mean you write down one sentence premise and you riff on that premise? If I have an idea for a premise, yeah, mm-hmm. I will go up and I'll riff on it. Okay. And also what writing on stage means to me is sometimes it won't work. So my body's natural instinct in fear of being on stage with something not working, my body will start shooting out things to save it in like a survival yeah. mode. And then you'll actually stumble on some stuff. And then I can go like, well, that one worked, that one didn't, and I'll, you know, I'll keep going. So, I, but yeah. I'll go back to the notebook though, of course. Yeah. But I do write. Do you know what's funny? I was doing a show the other night, and and Jackson McQueen was on it too. Mm-hmm. But I guess he was supposed to go up like way earlier, but he got there late, so they made him go after me. And but the guy before me was uh, actually I won't say his name, but the guy before me was doing well. But I don't think he was doing like I don't think he's funny. He was just really loud. Uh huh. And uh, I remember Frankie was there, and Frankie had to go after him. 
and he was like all <laughs> nervous you know he's like oh bro. i'm like bro he's not killing like he's just intimidated because he's loud he's not really right. saying anything that brilliant you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah and but the guy was all over the place like loud no structure just throwing shit out and that kind of and the room became really rowdy mm-hmm. okay and then jackson mcqueen like showed up and i was like hey do you want him to go <laughs> next because you know um frank was only doing like five so the room was still rowdy but and then and then they were like i try to push for jackson to go jackson's like yeah can i go before you and i was like yeah i don't care and then uh and then they were like no he came late so and i'm like okay and then i whispered to jackson i was like i was like i actually wanted you to go first because you're super structured like i am Mm -hmm. like jackson's jokes are written and structured he has a set list right you know and i'm like I wanted you to go put them back in that mood yeah. for me. And you were going to struggle with it. <laughs> yeah. What I'll do, I, like, a certain sh- it depends on the show, is I'll be like, okay, I'm going to open with this. I'm going to end with this. I'm going to have this stuff in the middle. And then I'm going to leave space to to go off on this or this. Yeah. To either do some crowd work or explore an idea or whatnot and just, like, sandwich it. But, but at those shows, because when I'm headlining – People are spending money to to see me oh, for, for sure for an hour. Yeah. If I'm doing a ten minute set, I'm a small part of the show. I know I'm gonna be I'm 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 setting myself up to be funny for most of that ten minutes. And the stuff that goes off that may be funny, maybe not, but it, I'm not gonna kill the show. I would never do that. But when people pay money, it's like you came for a show and you came to see the product of my hard work and what that looks like in structured one hour. Yeah. Have you seen Goldman special? Who? Gary Goldman. No, I haven't seen Dude, his special. So I like good. him. He's so good. I like him a lot. He's, I mean, we want to talk about structure and writing. Yeah. The guy is off the wall. He's always been great, but he's just like so much better now. Yeah. But he's a perfect, he's a perfect example of somebody who, if you look at, if you look at his, his past specials and in a lot of his comedy, it is very observational, mm-hmm. right? Some of his best chunks are mostly observational. Obviously they come from, some of them come from like personal experiences and stories, but it is that. And then you see this last special where he talks about his depression and it's exactly kind of goes back to what I was talking about where I re it's that idea of like all these things I'm scared to talk about, mm. right. For what people will think, right. Or how people will see me, Yeah, you know, and, 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 and how they will judge me. Where can you get that spit? Where's, where did his special go? It was on HBO, but now they put it up on YouTube. Oh, okay. it was Mental Health Awareness Month or Day. Okay. So they put it did up on Did you see there. he was in Joker for like a second? I didn't, I haven't seen Joker. You haven't seen Joker? I haven't seen Joker yet. You don't want to? What? No, I do. I just, I just haven't had the time. I just haven't had the time. It's great, dude. Yeah. So you probably, you probably heard it's great. Yeah. I've heard good things. Uh, Goldman's in it for like a second. Oh, is he? Cause yeah, you know, I heard they had comics, uh, they had comics do their own material. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's. All I mean, like, he's in it for like a second. You don't even really hear a bit. What does he say? Like one word that's super funny. Does he just go apt? I don't know. Dude, the motherfucker has the ability. This dude has the ability to take unfunny words and just make them funny. He's with, great with just pause and timing and cadence. It's yeah. brilliant. I like him. But um, but yeah, it's a it's a good special. He's a, he's only in it just because like you know the Joker is trying to be a comic right in the movie and there's a scene where he's at a comedy club and he and gary goldman's before him so like you don't you just don't it's nothing really mm-hmm. about gary goldman doesn't have any lines okay it's just like he's the comic before him gotcha um but yeah you should watch it, dude it's, it's like the per- it's like the person who who brings up uh who brings up comics on like comedy central like <laughs> something <laughs> like that you know um <clears throat> yeah dude it's funny funny that uh 
you know, you and I both, we were talking about lots of things with, we started the haha and stuff, but we both started like so young, you know, and that's why we've been through like, I was raised by this shit. Like I was raised in a comedy club pretty much. Like that's how young we started, you know? And I, it's great. I'm like, I've been doing it. I've been doing it for nine years, but I'm I'm going on 11, dude, but it feels like four. (laughs) <laughs> like i always i always I'm it o- feels like 11 <laughs> no it like it feels like not but like i think there's a because of our because of our age yeah and maybe that changes but like there's a part like a part of me is like oh, yeah, i've just been doing it for a few years yeah because it feels like i've only just started doing it every couple of months i feel like that like it just started doing it because like started doing you hit that. like new breakthroughs yeah of like but but yeah dude it's just like we were talking about how like you know we've We've been through emotional stuff. It's just, you know, working at a comedy club where, like, people made you cry and shit like that. It's just, like, it's fucking rough, okay? It's a rough industry to be in. And when you're a little kid, you know, just realizing, bro, you even younger than me. But when I'm 40, I will have been doing comedy as long as I haven't. I'll be that at 39? At 39. Yeah. So I'm only, like, nine years away from that. And yeah. when I'm, that's one thing that oh, no, I'll be that thir- 37 or whatever that that keeps that keeps me excited about getting older to be honest with you mm-hmm. when I think about getting older I look forward to that I look yeah. forward to like when I'm 41 I can say I've been a comic longer than I haven't I'm a horrible comedian compared to what I'm gonna be in 10 years <laughs> I am atrocious and yeah. that's the exciting part mm-hmm. is that I know if you know if you keep working and you keep being free to like the yeah. fucking process you have the potential to 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 be a comic to be the the to be at the level of the comics that you love. Yeah. Any most specials that I love, the comics are in their late thirties, early forties. Yeah. Dude, I saw Burr last night. Oh yeah. He was at the store and he was doing a new bit that like he just released a special and this bit wasn't even on it. Mm-hmm. He was doing a new bit that was just like like, dude, how are you this good? How are you this fucking good? But, but he's like us in another twenty years. I I remember this was when I was starting off. I would go to I was go to the store, and I remember seeing Burr working on. Uh, it was a, it was a just a premise at the at the time. Mm-hmm. Talked about it for two minutes, and then every time it would grow a little bit more, yeah, a little bit more, and then I then I went back to school, and then a special came out, <laughs> and that joke was on the special, and it's like it, a it was monster. like a fourteen minute monster i love that and i went oh the process is the same yeah he's just better and faster at it yeah you know than like than what i am dude yeah but the process thing and that's that to me was like the very exciting part it's like oh it doesn't he's not doing the process the the process isn't different for him than it is for me he's just better at it Mm -hmm. but then all of a sudden it feels possible yeah because when you'll get better at it yeah because because when you see the 14 minute finish chunk you're like how the fuck Uh it's like it's like you it's like it's like you see a how a big fucking skyscraper you're like how the fuck could you build the skyscraper and it's like because you put a fucking a rod down and then another one i don't know anything about construction but But if you watch someone do it it becomes more possible exactly if you see the steps Mm mm-hmm and that's why we're very lucky to have like these pioneer. I mean, every generation probably had a pioneer. Like you know, there's some comics that are like Duke Pryor, you know, laid yeah. the foundation, and we learned how to do it. But our generation is the most educated because we have YouTube and podcasts where we actually can almost like be in the brains. How much comedy do you watch? I mean, a lot, a lot. Yeah, always. Yeah, dude, and you got to respect Burr, obviously because he's one of the best. But also, it's like, dude. 
in a world that we live in right now. He's not really PC. He's it, we live in a world where they want want like everything but a white straight male. He's a fucking white straight male. Never you don't hear him going like, "Well, they don't cast me because I'm fucking white and I'm straight." And that's not what Hollywood wants right yeah, now. Yeah, also, by the way, he's undeniable funny. Like yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, bro. But also, they are. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I love I love No, they guys. absolutely do do that. But that's what I'm saying. You have to respect that's how fucking good he is. Like that doesn't bother him because he's you can't deny his level of they, they of absolutely don't do what i'm saying they absolutely do cast for like we'd rather have a gay person or we'd rather have a dude white dudes have plenty of opportunities no i'm not Fucking... saying that they don't i'm just saying that like it, it this world right now that's what's being casted you know and i respect guys that didn't go with the path of like i need to be casted they just did things on their own like i'm fucking funny in my audience dude when i go to the store like last night i was at the store uh-huh. and burr was on stage the main room was sold out and the people they're comics that just line up in hallways down to the bathroom just trying to peek and listen to him like he is just like who you go to see mm-hmm. that's he's the comics comic you know it's just yeah, but so and undeniably there's, and there's, good. And there's so many monsters. Yeah. It's like, it's a really, it's like, it's a golden age of comedy in that mm-hmm. sense because there's so many people that are operating at such a high level too. And we're in the most competitive fucking city, dude. Yeah. But it's, that's, but that goes back to what are. you said though, is that there's plenty of funny comics. Yeah. There's a lot of fucking fun. Now there's a lot of funny comics. There's nothing special there's, about there's you a if you're killers. a funny comic. You have to have, like you said, you have to be memorable mm-hmm. and you have to be, I think you just have to like, it's about telling a story of yourself and the way you see the world in a yeah. way that people are like, oh, fucking that guy that saw the world that way mm-hmm. or presented something that I've seen before, but in a way that I never thought of before. Yeah. You know, just and be it's honest. Like, yeah. Just be honest about the shit that's going on in your brain. And like, no one said I'm right. It's just, this is what's going on in my brain. And I'm telling you guys in a funny way. Yeah. And like you said, there's always going to be someone who gets offended. So just don't fucking focus on that. This isn't about you being offended. This is about me telling you what I think. And you can not agree with it, but we're all still going to like sit here. And uh, One thing I like about Bill Burr is that he finds a way to tell the truth in a way that doesn't really offend anybody. Like, he gets away with a lot of shit, you know? He's really yeah, smart yeah. about wording things right. Um, but I think he there's he thinks, like I said, ultimately I think it's, it's just about, it's about really looking at what you're trying to look at what you're saying, right? I, f- I feel like saying things flippantly right and just for the sake of saying shit is is i guess what i'm saying is i think that there should be purpose behind and and that's where the work comes in right it's like you put in the work to under to like it in, into the craft to craft something yeah. that you can that you understand you yeah, understand dude. and you've thought about and like i said that and that ultimately you can you can defend and you can stand by and you can and you can live with mm. um because I also think that that's how you get the shit that fucking sticks and the shit that's that 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 really connects with audiences on a super high level. Yeah, I think there's stuff and being that, remembered. Like, yeah, because I don't think getting laughs is enough. Yeah, it's not. It's not. I think there's like there's plenty of shit. This is my thing, man. I it's think moving someone. Yes. Make a move them. You know. Yes. Getting laughs. Just I I guess my thing is that like saying we only have so much time on that stage. Yeah. Right. What are you what are you trying to do in that time? I would like to touch move every emotion. Laughter is one of them. 
Right, but you How want, many you want, you want people, people to you but then you want to take them maybe to a place of melancholy, a nostalgic place, mm-hmm. right? And then fucking hit them with a laugh. Then all of a sudden they're fucking feeling this weird like thing of of like, oh, I'm like 13 again and I'm laughing the way I was when I was 13, but I'm 54. Yeah. It's like you're taking them to a place. So, I guess my ultimately my thing is like I think that we there's there's so much only so much time you have on that stage. What are you doing with that time? And I don't think that say, I, what I'm pretty much saying is that like just because people laugh at something doesn't mean that's 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 the that I feel like that's one that's like the bare minimum. The, yeah, the bare minimum for a joke is that people <laughs> laugh at it. But like that's there's, the minimum requirement to be a comic. Yeah, is to get laughs. Like that's what makes you a comic. It, that's the minimum thing you need to achieve is getting laughs. Yeah, everything. There's so much more. There's so, There's much, so more. much more. And I actually, I, I 100% and, agree with you and on I, that. I, for me, my favorite comics and my favorite comedy is, is, is it's honest. It's funny, but it's also honest mm-hmm. and it's empathetic and it's human, right? Yeah. And that human is linked to that honesty. Yeah. And that empathy is linked to that humanity, right? Yeah. And it's like, and it's coming from, it's coming from a, 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 a good place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even it's if not, I say something that makes you feel embarrassed, like if you don't like dirty stuff and you go like, "Oh, I didn't like it because I felt em-, you feel a little embarrassed. You don't like hearing dirty things." Yeah. Guess what? Embarrassment is an emotion that exists, and I'm trying to hit every single emotion that you have. Yeah. You felt something, and how can you put a price tag on that? I love when people leave a movie and they go, like, "Movies are so expensive nowadays. They're twenty dollars." It was like, you if you felt something, how do you put a price tag on a feeling? Yeah. You know what I mean? But anyway, we can talk about this for fucking hours. Well, I yeah, love talking thing, comedy. That's, no, that's, that's one thing I fucking love about you, dude. Is like we both were really passionate about stand up yeah, and, and like, talk about it forever. Yeah, and I try not to pat. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, but back to the movie shit, bro. I I'm the um, I I don't watch every movie the same way. Mm. You know, I mean, yeah. if we're just talking about movies. Is that like I don't go to see. I do. I love rom coms because I just fucking love rom com. But like, I'm not watching a rom com the way that I am some fucking thing that's probably going to get nominated for an Oscar and yeah. putting them... I'm not looking... Because it's like, if that's how I did it, I would think most movies are horrible movies. <laughs> but, like, they're not. Like, yeah. like they're... Like, you take it for what it is, yeah. You, you take it for what it is. Tell me about your movie, bro. What's it about? So you filmed the movie. I filmed the movie. Um, you and your fiancé? Girlfriend. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, didn't mean to jump the no, gun you're good, there. you're good, you're good, you're good. Um, so you and your girlfriend are co-stars in it. Did you guys write it together? We Yeah, and Michael... You know Michael Blaustein? He's yes. also a comic. He's in so, it too, that's right. Yeah, so the three of us wrote it. Okay, cool. And then Michael and I directed it, and then uh, we produced it, and then we all acted in it, and then I edited it, and we shot it in Michigan two years ago. Wow. And now it's coming out. Why in um, Michigan? That's where my girlfriend is from. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you have a lot of access to um, more stuff out there, like, uh, you know, production and, and, and location? We had way more access. We shot in our hometown, which is like this small little town in Michigan. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. so it was great. So we, we just had access to, I mean... We, we shot in a grocery store in a bowling alley at a hardware store. That's great. And people were just like, we uh, we shot in her mom's place, house, um, and then the cabin next door was like, you can use our place. So we shot there for four nights. I, so just, I mean, I, I watched the trailer, and, and you've shown me, I think, clips of the trailer before it was ever released. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, it looks like a fucking high quality movie you know what i mean yeah like you put you put you had a budget you put some you put a lot of effort not, into not it a lot. <laughs> but that's great we though, stretched dude. it i mean like yeah that was the thing is that we just had uh hey it's fucking doing something it's yeah. everybody like oh we're gonna fucking make a movie it's like just you did it you yeah. did it dude yeah 
and uh, t- tell us what what it's about. Like, what's the what's the plot of the movie? So I play a journalist that goes into a small mining town to cover a story, and uh, I meet a local who um, I find out that ten years prior, her parents and uh, friends were killed in a shooting, and she has a very like peculiar way in which she deals with that trauma. So I see the opportunity for the story that'll jumpstart my career. So I essentially am exploiting her for my own personal gain. Okay, is is the gist of it. Okay. Um. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's and who's Blaustein play? Blaustein plays her brother. Oh, who's, yeah, who's like a veteran. Okay. Um. And yeah, I mean, it's a drama. But yeah. There's there's comedy in there. Like okay. We just, I mean, would we, you say romance drama or not really? You know, um. It's so funny. I or think drama it's, romance. <laughs> it's definitely. I think it's the. It's there's definitely like a like a like a romance there, mm-hmm. but it's not in the traditional sense. Yeah. I don't want to like get too far into it. Sure. But you know, there's. It looks, dude. I, I'm excited. Yeah. I, I'm excited. To see it really it. touches on like on like. I mean, really, it's a film about grief and how people cope with grief and what happens, um, and how that grief sticks. Yeah. You know, like tragedy strikes and it doesn't just go away a couple years later like people left in the wake of of tragedy continue to grieve and continue to love the people that they lost um what made you get what gave you guys this idea to write about specifically that so uh my girlfriend when she was in high school there was a shooting and uh one of her friends uh was killed Mm -hmm. so it really came from her experience sort of her innocence was taken away and the town's innocence was taken away when this happened and uh it was really just her experience in dealing with that grief and dealing with that tragedy and you know especially in small towns like that there's not a lot of mental health resources so really it became okay so this was an experience that she that she brought to us and she shared with us and from there we really created like a whole fictional story that's rooted in you know how people cope uh with a tragedy like that and are left in the wake of of uh, of you know the tragedy and that senseless violence i think it's a i think it's a great time to get a message like that out yeah uh so i'm excited to see it and i think that you're gonna get uh i think that you're gonna get a lot of positive feedback that's gonna leave you feeling with a great feeling of accomplishment and uh so i'm excited dude thanks man Super yeah excited. it's been great and um, the cool thing is we're taking it back there um to we're doing like a week in milwaukee where we have like 11 screenings and then it's great we're playing in like six cities in michigan so we're just driving city to city and doing q a's that's great and dude. um what about cool. um where is it going to get released itunes itunes amazon and google play okay so right now it's available for pre-order on itunes and then on november 12th it comes out and it's available to rent and buy on itunes amazon and google what's it play. called it's called up there up there up there because they call um the upper peninsula of michigan is uh, they call it the UP, okay, and it's north, so we called it up there. Funny story: when we first titled it, we put uh, a period between the U and the and the P as like a you know the UP upper, there. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got it right away. We were that title for four months, and then fucking Michael texted his uncle, and he's like, "Is it about a urologist?" <laughs> And we're like, oh, no, we should probably change the title. Up there is way uh, better. Well, it was supposed to be up there. <laughs> yeah. But we just put the you periods in as like a... It's great. We were like, oh, it's cute. And okay. then people were like, we, we were at a festival, our first festival, and people were like, oh, did you guys make a UP there? And uh-huh. we're like, it's, it's up there. <laughs> and then we kept saying UP there. And then I was like, guys, it sounds like they're saying uh, like UP over there. Like, this is <laughs> not... We got. What's the actual release date? 
November 12th. Wow, it's coming up. And so yeah. right now you can pre-order on iTunes. And you yes. sent me the link, so I'm going to have the link in the description of this Great. episode, you guys. So you guys you guys can pre-order. You know how much it is to pre-order? Uh, $12.99. Yeah, check out the movie, you guys. And you, if you, I mean, yeah, I always say. like You're supporting you a comic, and you're supporting someone that actually fucking did something. And, like, and it looks mo- great, dude. Thanks, man. And we're like, literally, we made it with like a crew of three guys and us just running around and we're like and i edited in my apartment we're doing this thing like grassroots fucking mom and pop shop how long is it uh it's an hour and 34 minutes perfect and uh like we're up on fucking itunes with like these big studio films and like we cracked today we cracked the top 200 of just dramas cool so it was like us and then furious seven i guess furious (laughs) seven is a drama now um so you know i mean it it moves but like uh, you know it's like we're going up against the fucking big guys out of our one bedroom apartment that's great dude uh, that's how you fucking fight from from underneath yeah you know (laughs) fight the big guy and um are you gonna take it to like any festivals or anything we already did we did a few festivals we have one more in minnesota uh next week and then that's the last festival and then it's it's out well, I wish you great success with it, bro. Thanks, man. Appreciate Up it. Up there, you guys. Click the link in the description and uh, pre-order that shit, okay? Yeah. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. Um, we're going to get out of here. You got any dates coming up? Uh, I am. Well, I mean, I'm in D.C. When This is going to come out next week, probably, right? No, this comes out uh, tonight. Tonight? Or tomorrow. Oh, okay. Uh, then I'm in D.C. this weekend on uh, Friday and Saturday at uh, the D.C. Improv. That's the 18th and the 19th. The 18th and the 19th, the D.C. Improv, and then I'm... Two shows? T- two shows each night, so four okay. shows total, and then I think two are sold. I don't know. One sold out, Friday early show. But anyway, uh, so tickets for that are DanielWeingard.com or DC Improv, and then I'm um, just setting up my tour dates for 2020, so I don't know yet. Okay, it's great. booked. Awesome, dude. Yeah. I'll be at uh, the Comedy Store this weekend, uh, Friday, you guys, the 18th. It's the early show, 7.30. You can get tickets at homeschoolpod.com. Click on tour. I got a bunch of other dates up there too, but we'll just leave you that one for now because it's the soonest. Um, that's pretty much it, dude. It's great to see you, man. Good to see you, um, You're one of my oldest friends in stand-up, and I, I love talking comedy with you, and I, I value your opinions on it. Yeah. And, uh, and um, you know, I think it's a cool special thing that we're like two dudes that started super young. Even though I started a little before you, we're still we're still we're like just we've experienced the same yeah. a lot, and, and um, you look way better. Thanks than to when we started. <laughs> so you this de- podcast you've, de- you've de-aged over time. You're like the fucking Irishman. You've just gone, <laughs> gone backwards. Thanks, man. Um, I try to I try to I try to keep it off. That's the thing. No, you look good. What Thanks, are you doing, bro. dude? I don't eat meat anymore. Um, oh really? I I, I f- I'm full. Uh, what is it? Just fish only. Was Pesca- it pesca- pescatarian. Pescatarian. I'm yeah, full yeah. pescatarian. Okay. And um, I mean, I walk a lot. I probably should work out more. It probably even help even more. But um, do a lot of walking, a lot of hiking, uh-huh. and just fucking you know try to avoid sugar and carbs. I take giant breaks from like sugar and stuff like that. And the, the meat helped you feel better. Oh, dude. Really? Yeah. Made a difference. So I great. Can't do it. I said that too. I mean. I could. I didn't do it overnight. It's, I don't want to. Yeah. And see, I like meat. I never, me too, dude. I never wanted to. It wasn't just like I woke up one day and I said, I'm not going to do it. And then I successfully, no. Here's it was my like, thing. It was like, don't do it. And then di- and then I was like, ah, fuck that. It was like yeah, back and forth For a lot. sure. It's like when people like, I just, I drink Diet Coke. Not mm-hmm. a ton, but I drink Diet Coke. And people be like, that's bad for you. And I go, yeah, dude. But like, I don't do drugs anymore. <laughs> and I don't drink like an asshole That shit will catch up to you later, And I though. don't smoke cigarettes. I don't know so the last like, time I had a soda, dude. I mean, I probably have a Diet Coke once a week. That's not bad. Listen, 
there are so many things I could be doing instead of fucking having one Diet Coke a week. Yeah. So, like, I mean, in the end... Weed's a little better than... What? <laughs> weed's better than Diet Coke. Weed's better than Diet... Yeah, weed is better than Diet Coke. Yeah. Especially yeah that's just you, pure chemical. Do, uh, do, you, do you smoke it or vape it, or do you eat it? I was doing all of it. You was doing all of it? Yeah. I'll yeah. still do an edible <laughs> from time to time. From time to time. And now the edibles are, like, dosed where you can actually control yeah. it more yeah. so. There was... Do I remember... When I was like fucking seventeen, I went to some place right here uh, off of Sepulveda, and uh, I went to uh, a shop there and I bought a brownie. But it was just like in a wrapper and it didn't have like a dosage. <laughs> and I fucking I was living with my parents and they like had homemade. they had like their uh, friends over for dinner, and I ate it. And then I was feeling full, so I decided to go down to the elliptical machine that my mom had gotten. <laughs> Great. And I'm on the elliptical machine. I'm just like, and I at this point I knew nothing, but I guess when you work out you get higher faster yeah and uh that th- it ended with me being in the shower afterwards and be like oh my as fuck and then i just remember putting on uh, a john mayer song and i'm just dancing in my room to a john mayer song by myself whacked out of my mind and my dad opens the door and i just made <laughs> eye contact with him and he was just like all right good night <laughs> close the door yeah i don't i, I don't really it used do to edibles be cra- that much. it used to be crazy yeah now, i mean it still is crazy but you at least know what you're eating i used to get really nauseous when i did edibles but yeah. now i had one the other night for like the first time in a couple months it was like a little uh like lemon mint it was like mm-hmm. 10 milligrams and i just took it my cousin gave it to me and i just took it i slept so great yeah um but anyway, CBD. dude, cbd's fucking great too let's get the fuck out of here you All guys right. don't forget about the dc improv uh instagram is dw comedy dw comedy daniel weigarden uh i'm augustino zoido i'm at augustino zoido on everything i'm at the comedy store don't forget uh this this weekend and don't forget to get your homeschool podcast t-shirts or stickers or mugs uh it's all at homeschoolpod.com click on merch and next time you're doing your shopping on amazon go to homeschoolpod.com first click on the amazon banner which is on the home page and it's on the sponsors page and just do all your shopping and you're supporting the homeschool podcast. It's as simple as that. All right, you guys. And um, dude, I fucking hope that when we are Bill Burr's age, that you and I are both still fucking in this. Yeah. And I hope I fucking see you all the time. And we're both just, you know, just fucking killers, dude. Yeah. Right? Hell yeah, dude. All right, you guys. I'll see you next time. Have a great weekend, Thanks everybody. Thanks for having me, dude. That was fun. Thank you for being on. See you next time. Oh, that was fun. Gonna make a change <laughs> for once in my life. It's gonna feel real good. Gonna make a difference. Gonna make it right. As I turn up the collarbone, my favorite winter coat. This wind is blowing my the kids in the street without enough to eat who am I to be blind pretending not to see them need a summer's disregard a broken bottle top and a one-man soul they follow each other on the wind you know cause they got nowhere to go that's why no one yet to know
Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.